Mind Over Matters is intended for small business owners who are open to new ideas for improving their businesses. The mind or mindset is usually the single biggest factor that determines the success or otherwise of a business. It is the first thing to work on. Next comes the matters of the business. Strategy, accountability, implementation and getting a full order book. Plus all things small business besides. If you learn just one new thing that gives you pause, then I have achieved my objective. Well, good morning, everyone. It's uh, Peter Crew Brown here. Welcome to another episode of the Mind Over Matters podcast by Pair Planning. The topic for today is Let Others Deliver, You Should Perform with Donal O'Neill. Donal helps people from all walks of life to overcome their fears about speaking and presenting in public. A bit more about Donal. Over 30 years in the entertainment industry, Donal went from being a person who was afraid of his own voice to being a confident speaker in front of hundreds of people. Along the way, he learned lots of do's and don'ts some of which he will share with us today. So about today's podcast, just a little more uh, before we start. Um, doctors perform an examination. Soldiers, on the other hand, perform their duties. Professional truckers perform a U-turn. Yet often we talk about presenters or speakers delivering a presentation or speech. That's the wrong approach. So um, what I'd like to do now is um, just um, turn over to um, our guest, um, Donal. Uh, if you wouldn't mind sharing with the audience um, what makes you tick and also who in the business community do you serve? <laughs> what makes me tick, Peter, would be here for the, <laughs> for the next week, <laughs> never mind a podcast or uh, I suppose really in the aspect, you're talking really about in the business my own business, what makes me tick. Yeah. I probably am on a mission uh, to rid the world of poor presentations. And the reason for that is the, the, my, the definition of a business is to sell something. It can be a product or it can be a service, but you sell it for a profit. Now, yeah. if there's no sale, there's no business. Sure. So that's a fundamental given, right? Yeah. Now the next, if you take that back a step, uh, selling, uh, one of my, I would nearly call him a mentor, there's a fellow over here, uh, his name is Peter Thompson. And Peter has a beautiful statement, uh, it is a wonderful statement. It says, it says, selling is a transfer of belief. I heard now, you say you that a few days ago in a presentation. And it's one of those things that really made me uh, pause because it's not something I've heard before but the more I've thought about it the more it resonates and it, it, it's very powerful do you, do you just want to repeat that so it's a yes certainly it, selling is a transfer of belief yeah now if you think about it Peter if you're if you have any sort of ethics at all you must believe that what you have to sell be it as I say be it a, an object or be it a service you must believe that what you have to sell is going to be of great benefit to your client. 
right? Yeah. If you don't believe that, you shouldn't be trying to sell it, right? And so, I think, Donald, to that point, I mean, if if it doesn't, you're not going to be in business for long. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, because if people aren't getting benefit, they don't hang around uh, out of um, some charitable uh, leaning. Uh, that, they leave and they tell everyone else about it, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they, they say that, you know, they'll tell one person if you do a good job, they'll tell 10 people if you do a bad job. You know? exactly. And that is a yeah. fact, you know. Yeah. And the days of the, of the, the, the fly-by-night salesmen, they're gone. Sure. You know, sales has completely changed now. And thankfully, it has become much more ethical. You know? Yeah, and so I think the social proof we get from recommendations is very pervasive. And, you know, people don't listen to the service provider of how good they are. Uh, they'll go and see what other people are saying. So, yeah, that um, sort of social proof and getting good recommendations is all powerful nowadays. Oh, absolutely. But if you think about it, Peter, if you if you do have that belief, which you should have, that your product is going to do something wonderful or your service is going to do something wonderful for your client, if you believe that, and if you can transfer that belief yeah. to your client, yeah, you no longer have to sell anything because sure. your client wants to buy from you. Sure. Right. Yeah. So the question is, how do you transfer that belief? And that all comes down to communication. You know? And that's, and that's why essentially is so important. Yeah. And that's what you do, right? You exactly. help people to effectively transfer that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Be it in a, a presentation or, you know, it can be on Zoom. Yes. It can be on a podcast. I, where I love it to be is on a stage in front of a room full of hundreds of people because that's where I, I, I just get the buzz from that these days. Sure. But the bottom line is uh, if you, you need to be able to communicate why whatever it is you have is just so good for whatever your client needs, you know, and that communication is key. And in terms of who in the community you serve, I mean, you serve anyone who has to get the message across either uh, in a live environment or on Zoom or or whenever they're interacting with a potential um, client. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, the, as I said already, you know, there is no business without a sale. It doesn't yes. matter what business you're in. If you're in business, you are a salesperson, whether you want to be a salesperson or not, you know, sure. and you have to make the sale. To make the sale, you have to be good at communicating. The better sure. you are communicating, the better salesperson you're going to be and the better your business is going to be. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Donald, this is a little off, uh, off um, subject, but I know that you live in uh, a part of the world where I have not, I guess, done a lot of um, Zoom work with before. Maybe if you just very quickly share with the audience exactly where you are to give a sense of, you know, I'm in Sydney, Australia, and you in a much different place, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely, yes. Uh, I'm in Northern Ireland, yes. um, which, you know, to, to, to people from Australia, I, I, they probably wonder why we even talk about Northern Ireland, because Northern Ireland, if you go any further than 150 miles in any, any direction, you fall off, right? It's that small. You know, that's the whole, that's the whole island, you know? Okay. I know uh, yeah, we're 300 miles from top to bottom, basically, you know? Yeah, okay. So I know that in Australia, 300 miles is nothing. I know you guys sure. are jumping in the car and go for a jaunt for 300 miles, no like, thinking about it. Exactly. It's a major journey for us. So Northern Ireland is at the top of Ireland, um, sort of northeast to a point. Yes. Uh, we have a total population of 1.9 million people. So it's not big, uh, yes. but it is a very nice place to live in. It's um, aesthetically beautiful, lots of greenery. Yes. Uh, lots, 
lots of uh, beautiful, we have the biggest inland waterway in the UK, in these islands. Okay. Yeah. Um, lots of waterfalls, lots of beautiful walks. And uh, the big benefit we have over you guys and us is that we don't have anything that wants to kill you. There's nothing going to sneak out of the bushes and bite you or chase you or do things like that. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Well, very good. Look, thanks for sharing that. Just a bit of context. Um, just moving along with the uh, the podcast for today, um, Donald, um, I have a bunch of questions, um, which you know we have obviously discussed in advance. Uh, the first of them, if you like, is um, I know that there are many approaches to the subject of speaking and presenting. Um, what's your specific approach? Basically, there's three things. First of all, you have to be able to engage the people you're talking to. Yeah. You have to be able to educate them about what it is you want them to do, be it buy your product or take your service on board, or, or if it's not business, say it was politics and you want them to give you their vote. You know, for instance, that's another example of the same thing. Yeah. And I, I also think that it makes your life a whole lot easier if you can just sprinkle a little bit of entertainment in there as well. If you can get them to like you, if you can make them smile or laugh, you're, you're all a winner. You know? Yeah. And, you know, to be honest with you, when, you, when I first uh, met you and saw your profile on LinkedIn uh, and learned the work you do, uh, I felt that uh, given my perception from afar of the way Irish people are, you know, they've always got a story and, uh, you know, they, they love sharing uh, with other people. It, it seemed to me that, um, you know, I'm uh, just using uh, my perception of Irish people that it was an obvious, uh, I guess, field for, for an Irish person to be in. So, you know, in the little uh, time I've got to know you better, I've found that, you know, you certainly ideally suited for, for this pursuit. Well, uh, that is something that sort of, it was like a light bulb going on around about 2017. Sure. Uh, because I, I had been thinking, as, I, as you said in your introduction, I mean, when I started out over 30 years ago, I really was genuinely scared of my own voice on a microphone. You know, I didn't want to use it that and a lot of people are like that, you know? Yeah. And I went from there to being somebody who just loves talking in front of hundreds of people on a microphone. And along the way, that journey was punctuated by lots of humorous disasters. Yeah. And every one of those humorous disasters taught me something. And I thought to myself in 2017, you know, there are a lot of speaker coaches out there, people who will coach people how to speak, how to present and so on. But there's absolutely none of them have my journey. Sure. It's pretty unique, right? Yeah. And I thought I can put a I can put a course together, which I did back then, uh, to to using the benefit of my stories to teach people the things they need to know. Yeah. And that's how I got into this. You know, and you know, my my perception, you know, I'm an older guy, so I guess I would say this, but people who've kind of gone the you know the whole journey, uh, learned, you know, from from the bottom up in the old days before all the technology are often best place to be, you know, teachers and trainers because they know it from a very sort of deep level rather than, you know, sometimes uh, more sort of um, inexperienced uh, service providers in this space don't have that depth of knowledge and experience to be able to really bring uh, to the audience, you know, the deep learnings that you share. Well, the unfortunate thing is that the people... <laughs> Like, our, like ourselves, really, 
who we've learned the hard way. You know, it's a real pity, yeah. but we've learned the hard way. But it's a great thing if you can save other people that pain sure. and let them learn from your mistakes. Let I let them learn from the mistakes I made. And a lot of the mistakes that I made, as I say, I'm able to illustrate them with yeah. uh, quite, quite graphic and humorous experiences that stick in their mind and sure. get the point across. So as I say, if they can benefit from the, the mistakes I've made during the years, that's brilliant. That's what and I, I guess that um, is the essence of um, the next question. So just moving on to the second question, if I may, what are the main things then that can destabilize a speaker or presenter? Uh, and you know, what can they do about, uh, I guess, addressing these uh, issues? Well, there's a number of things. Um, the first thing, you come across the odd person who wants to do it off the cuff. And yeah. I have, I've met very few people who can do it off the cuff and do it well. You yeah. know? Uh, they think they, they're scared of losing their spontaneity. Sure. Well, the best speakers I've ever come across, they actually rehearse their spontaneity. And that that's now that's really an interesting well. concept, isn't it? It's almost mm -hmm. a contradiction if you think about it in on a it first is. blush. Uh, you rehearse your spontaneity. They kind of two opposing words, but you know, yeah. coming from an experienced person like you, I guess that's a, a good thing for any aspiring uh, presenter to to think about. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, the more experience you get, you build it. You build a sort of a bank in the back of your head somewhere that whenever uh, something occurs that has come out of left field, you weren't expecting it. Uh, the first time it happens, you know, especially if you're inexperienced, it might throw you. And that's one of the, that's one of the pitfalls that's there in front of people. There are, there was ways of getting around that, but after you've been doing it for a, a bit of a time, uh, you'll discover that your, your, your unconscious takes over. And you can yeah. delve into that bank, and you have you have some you can deal with it. You know, there are a number of straightforward things to do, and you know one of the things to do if you're presenting, either on stage or on Zoom, and something happens. You know, if it's stage, it could be somebody dropping a tray full of glasses when you weren't expecting it. All of a sudden, the entire room is looking back somewhere, and they're not looking yeah. at you. Now, the worst thing you can do in a situation like that is to carry on as if nothing happened because something has happened and everybody knows something has yeah. happened. And if you ignore it, then you're the only fool in the room. You know, yeah. um, you have to acknowledge it, uh, preferably make a comment about it that lets you that acknowledges it and then carry on. And yeah. everybody with you. I heard a, a, a story recently about a guy. I'll, I'll not go into too much description, but this guy was let's call him a champion speaker on a, sure. on a world level, right? Yes. And he yes. was invited to give a talk and his speech involved, he was baking something on stage, right? And he was going through the whole thing and he was cracking eggs into the, into the basket and the, he missed or did something silly, but the eggs went all over his trousers. And instead of acknowledging it and saying, look what I've done, am I not silly? He pretended it hadn't happened and the whole place was laughing at him, you know, and he lost all credibility and this guy should have known better, but you know, yeah, he did. <laughs> so yeah. you have to acknowledge when something unusual happens, don't ignore it, acknowledge it, mention it, and yeah. then carry on with your yeah. speech. That, that's really important. Um, the other thing, particularly, uh, I mean, things that can throw you, that's what you were asking me, things that can sure. throw somebody off. 
And this is what scares speakers, you know, the, the, especially inexperienced ones. First of all, they tend to lack confidence. And not only that comes from experience, and it also comes from knowing that you can deal with whatever comes up. So one of the ways to do that is the way you learn. Uh, I hate to use this term, learn your speech, because that's not what I mean. The way you have assimilated in your head what you're going to say. And the reason I'm saying that way rather than learn your speech is I would be absolutely, I would always advise people never, ever, ever learn a speech word for word. Never learn. And a I think for word. a rookie, that's the thing a lot of people would think is the norm. It's like learn, learn and learn so you can't be distracted. But I think the problem is you then become a, you come across as a robot, don't you? Well, that's one of the problems. You come across as a robot, you lose your personality. And the second thing is you can be distracted because the waiter drops the trays full of glasses or whatever, or the cat walks across the screen. And then once you've been distracted, the problem is you have to try and remember exactly where you were yeah. in, your, in, in what you learned. Sure. And that's where you really get lost. And you see people having mind blanks. And that's one of the reasons they have a complete mind blank because they learned it word for word. And they're now terrified they can't get back to where, they're, where they were. They've forgotten or they can't grasp it. And they start to fumble and the whole thing falls apart. Now, the, yeah. the way around that is to learn your, the path of your speech. Every speech will have a path. You start out by, before you ever come up with a, with a talk, no matter what you're trying to do with it, you think of your objective. Yeah. What do you want? What do you want your audience to do once they've listened to you? Sure. You know, do you want yeah. them to buy from you? Do you want them to yeah. go and vote? What is it? That's where you, that's your end. Your yeah. start is obviously when you start to speak, and then you have little little stops along the way, and call them bullet bullet points in your mind. You know. Yeah. And that's what you have to learn. What yeah. the next bullet point is. Yeah. Sure. So if you get distracted between bullet point two and bullet point three, all you have to do is remember. Oh yes, I was heading towards three. I've just left two. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you can you can quickly recount and away you go. So it's like and a that, signpost on your journey. Very much so. Very, yeah, very yeah, yeah. So you've got a reference point if you get distracted to pick up and uh, not get flustered by Absolutely. being disoriented where you were in speech when you got the interruption. Yes. And the great thing with that, Peter, is once you know that you know that, right, yeah, yeah. You, you can be so confident that no matter what happens, you're going to be able to continue on. You know, and you, know, if somebody asks you a question, the, one of the worst things you come across in with a lot of presentations and speakers, if the speaker goes on, gets halfway into it, and he or she, somebody from the audience says, uh, "Can I ask a question?" and they say, "No, leave your questions to the end." Now that is the worst thing you can do because by the end, the question is not relevant anymore. Sure. You know, because people have forgotten what you're saying. Wouldn't it be so much better if you say, "Yes, what was your question?" address the question and then go back on to your journey and continue yeah. on from where yeah, yeah, without yeah. any worries. If you've learned that word for word, you can't do that. Sure. Now that's, um, that's really uh, thought provoking. Um, the next question I have, uh, Daniel, is um, a bit of a variation on the previous one. So it is, uh, what are say the three biggest roadblocks concerning public speaking that your clients have? Undoubtedly, the first one, Peter, is confidence. Okay. Now, it, there's very, very, very few people who start with confidence, you know, yeah. before they've done their first presentation, their first speech, because we, we naturally don't, most of us anyway, 
naturally don't like everybody looking at them, right? And they sure. always think, oh, what happens if I make a mistake? Everybody's going to laugh at me or whatever. So the first thing is confidence. Now, yeah. one of the things that helps get over that is you have to realize that your audience wants you to succeed. Yeah. Your audience does not want you to fail, you know, because they feel terribly uncomfortable if you're up there dying on stage. They're dying with you, you know. Sure. So they're they're willing you to be successful, you know. Yeah. So that's the first thing to help you build up your your confidence. Yeah. The second thing is, um, I don't want to. Well, I, I suppose it is kind of way laziness, you know. Um, you really have to put the work in. You yeah. Know? If I'm doing a presentation, be it a ten minute presentation to a networking group, or be it a, a two hour seminar. I will rehearse that presentation or seminar at least probably between 15 and 20 times. And, and, I, and I guess, it. and I when you're doing that, you will try and mirror the actual um, live event as best possible. So you wouldn't read a speech to, in your head. You would, you'd read it out loud, right? You have to do it out loud because yeah. what you find is things that you can think of uh, when you try to verbalize them, you trip over the words or the words don't fit properly. It just doesn't sound right, whatever. Yeah. And also when you do it out loud a number of times, your brain seems to click in and say, here's a better way of doing it. And you try yeah. it. And I, you know, rarely does what the, the 19th version is so different from the first version. It's yeah. unreal. Yeah. But it's much, and, much better. And, you know, one practice that I've heard of before and I've done a few times myself is recording it on the microphone on your on your smartphone and mm -hmm. listening to yourself back i found that's yeah. quite a good way of really getting a sense of the pacing and uh you know whether um you come across authentically is i mean is yes. that a practice you suggest that's that certainly that's something to do but you know what's even better these days zoom you can okay. record yourself on zoom you can actually just set up a new zoom meeting with nobody else except yourself and deliver the whole speech. You record it on Zoom. It times you, and you can both you can see how well you come across, and you can hear how well you come yeah, across. Yeah, that's a brilliant that idea. Is, that's even better than doing it on the telephone because you can only yeah. hear yourself on the phone. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, no, I agree. Yeah, and you can. I mean, we're all very self-critical, but um, you know, if you are self-critical, I guess you'll find areas to improve, and that's the whole idea of practicing. That, that's it, exactly. You know, yeah, you don't. Nobody has to be perfect. Yeah, but one of the things, you know, it, well, it's an old, old, old adage, but, you know, whenever you're speaking to a, a camera, you know, sure. imagine you're speaking to one person. Yeah. You know, because everybody in there is looking at you and they all think you're speaking to them, which you are effectively, you know, but imagine you're speaking to one person. I can't remember who it was, uh, but it was, a, it was an American election, probably back in the 30s or 40s. Yeah. Television had been coming out then maybe 50s early 50s but uh, it was I think, yeah election. more than 50s yeah it would have been the 50s i can't remember who the two people were i should remember but i can't especially at this time of the night for me <laughs> uh the the one of the one of the um candidates spoke as if he was addressing the, the nation you know the crowd yeah and the other candidate spoke as if he was speaking to individuals and he was the one that just wiped the election he just ran away with it you know because and, he came across so well you know and i guess the individual the people in the audience feel more special when someone's speaking directly to them. Absolutely, you know. I mean, one of the tricks, tricks, one of the one of the methodologies uh, of speaking to a live audience 
yeah. is to pick to divide the, the the room in roughly four quadrants depending yeah. on the size of the room obviously but if it's a really really big room and very wide you need to use more but a standard sort of rectangular room divided into four quadrants pick somebody in the middle of each quadrant and yeah. make a point of looking at them quite a lot now if you're looking at someone and they're fairly far down the room, the people beside them think you're looking at them as well. Sure. You know, and everybody thinks you're looking at them and then move to that over that side and then move a bit down here and so yeah. on. And spend a bit of time, you know, don't stir them out because that gets freaky, you know, but you know, constantly look at them friendly and all the rest of it. Yeah. And it works a treat and everybody feels that you're making that, that little human connection with them. Sure. And they, they want to be your friend and they think you're their friend and everything works very nicely because that's what we seek. Sure. And so in a Zoom environment where, you know, often we've got 10 or 20 people, um, would you look at individual people in the um, in the Zoom room, you know, the individual pictures of them? Well, obviously, on a, Zoom, on a Zoom, what you need to be doing is looking at the camera, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you're looking at somebody down there, you're not looking at the camera. It doesn't yeah, look yeah, like yeah, you're looking yeah, at anybody, yeah. you know? But, that's the little uh, green I, spot on the top of your screen, really, isn't it? it that's is, where, yeah. the where the recording's happening. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And some people, I mean, there's, a, there's, a, there's an old trick. It's very simple. If you take a, um, one of these things, you know, sticky note. Yeah, post post sticky note. Note. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Draw a face on it, right? Yeah. Cut a wee hole where the nose is yeah, yeah. and stick it up in your screen and have the hole where the camera is and talk to the face. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a brilliant idea. And it yeah, works. Yeah. It no, that's really good. Um, just moving along, so I mentioned um, if you had, you know, the three biggest uh, roadblocks that your um, your clients have, you know, experienced uh, relating to public speaking. You've mentioned a few there. I didn't keep count. Is that kind of it? The one, you've got through most um, of the one. Well, say confidence is the first one. Not wanting to rehearse is the second yeah. one, and the third one is probably not having good structure to, the, yeah. to what they're talking about. Not not learning the the pathway of what, yeah. what they want to get across. Uh, so there's a whole methodology behind that, uh, okay. which is simple. Like it's not it's not rocket science, as they coin the old phrase. You know, yeah, it's yeah, relatively yeah. simple. It's all about human communication. You know? Sure, and just having a, a structure that's worked in the past for other people and being true to that uh, every time you um, do a presentation. It's basically, uh, as I say, your your end point is your objective. What you yeah. want, to, what you want your audience to do. Sure. You obviously have your start point. Yeah. Um, which is another thing, you know, how do you grab their attention at the beginning? Yeah. And then, as I say, to get from the start to the finish, like any journey, you're going to pass through various towns along the way or various sure. points along the way. So yeah. you know what those are. They're logical. They make yeah. sense. You know? yeah. and therefore, you're getting in there. And it's not a scary journey because you know where you're going. You know where you sure. want to end up. And you know yeah. what you're going to say to get there. You know? sure. So yeah. that in itself, knowing that alone gives you confidence. Excellent. Well, look, uh, that's um, yeah, some excellent, um, I guess, ideas there. Um, moving along to the fourth question, uh, Donald, um, what benefits have you seen from clients who have adopted your strategies, the strategies you teach? They become a lot more interesting for a start. <laughs> uh, it, it basically, they end up uh, getting better sales. I mean, that's the, that's, the, that's the first thing because people want to listen to them. Sure. I have worked with people who really are very, very good at what they do. You know, yeah. they, they have a good service or a good product, but they're not very good at selling it. Sure. Uh, and I mean, I'm, I'm not a person who teaches sales. I'm not teaching sales. I'm teaching communication. But I think communication is the absolute 
basis for good sales you know sure. so yeah. if you can come across and uh, as a, a first of all as a very human person yeah a very you know, a, a, with empathy for your for your client and you come across in, in a logical manner in the way you're presenting whatever it is you have to sell then you are going to do better and that's what i find with my clients they've got more people listening to them yeah. and the product, if their product is good then yeah. they will sell it you just need more people to listen and I guess that's the thing, you know, if you can be the best service provider in the world, but if you can't, what's that thing you were talking about, the transfer of... Uh, transfer of belief. Yeah, so if you're not able to effectively transfer belief, no matter how good you're offering, you could become a, a starving, um, you know, service provider. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. So getting no, the message across is, is absolutely key. I mean, it, it, it sounds so obvious when you say it, but there's a lot of people who just, you know, don't have those skills. And I guess for a reasonably modest uh, investment, and I know that at the end, I'll give you an opportunity to talk about a course you're running soon, but there are people like you who help, uh, you know, service providers who need to polish up their presentation skills and it can transform their businesses. To be fair, Peter, you know, the, the, the people who, there are a lot of people out there who have created a business with a, a product say, right? That yes. they only they could have invented or come up with or yeah. or a service that they've had the brains to, to, to develop. And that was their forte. You know, sure. they are an inventor or they are somebody who builds something or whatever. Their forte isn't necessarily selling that thing, you know. Yeah. And I've come across that so often that the real geniuses at, at making something are absolutely useless at selling it. You know? yeah. uh, and but the thing about it is it can be taught. Sure. And that is the point. It can be taught. And it, it maybe maybe they don't want it to be taught to them, but they want you to teach it to somebody who works for them. And that sure. can be done as well. Yeah? Sure. So it, it's not, it, as I say, it's easy to do. Yeah, excellent. So just moving on to our final question, uh, Daniel. Um, do you have any quick tips or takeaways uh, the audience could implement sort of uh, immediately after the show? Yeah, certainly. No problem. Um, well, the first one is this. Uh, it might seem a bit obvious, but whenever you're um, doing something like a podcast or doing something at a networking event, or if it's a bigger thing on a stage, uh, there will be someone who introduces you. Now, sure. in your case, you introduced me and a stage will be the MC for the event, Yeah. especially if it's a conference or something like that, because this poor person is having to introduce maybe you know 30 speakers over a full weekend, right? Sure. That person either hasn't got the, the, the doesn't know enough about you or yeah. hasn't got the time to come up with something good and they're liable to come up with something terrible, right? Sure. So rule number one, always write your own introduction. That's right? a great tip, yeah. yeah. Always write your own introduction. So, and I would always say to you, um, you know, do it in such a way that uh, the person is reading it out and they're saying, well, this next guest has done this, 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 and this, and they're qualified and that, that, and that, if you want to say that sort of thing. And the last thing they say is, please welcome, you know, Peter Kurban. You know, your name yeah. is the last thing they say. Yeah. And you walk onto the stage to a round of applause. So you're yeah. off to a great start. <laughs> it's yeah, yeah, really yeah, good. Yeah. Um, so write your own introduction. Sure. The second thing is, when you do get onto the Zoom meeting or the stage, don't start by saying, thank you very much to so-and-so, and thanks for, it's great to be here. And I'll forget that. You've already been introduced. Start off, grab the audience quickly. Now, there's a number of ways to do that. One of the ways to do it is to ask them a question. 
you know, a rhetorical question. You're not actually looking for an answer, but ask them for something that, that sort of makes them sit up and think. I did a presentation two weeks ago, three weeks ago, at a, a network group here, and yeah. it was about presenting. And my first, my, the first words I said after the introduction was, have you ever thought what was going through the mind of the first person to parachute from a great height in the sky? It had never been done before. <laughs> you know, what was yeah. going through that guy's mind? You know? Now, yeah. people were expecting me to talk about presenting, and all of a sudden I have them picturing some guy in a parachute. You know, that was the, they were not expecting that. All of a sudden they're engaged. They want to know why I'm talking yeah. about parachute. Yeah. That got them on board. I then was able to develop that into the whole idea of preparation, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. and so you've so, got you 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 win them over immediately with with that uh, question, instant engagement. Absolutely, you have, you, it, there's it doesn't always have to be. It can be a question just to get a yes from them, you know. Yeah. But I I like the rhetorical that makes them think something along yeah, those lines. Yeah, a little deep, to, a little deeper. Gets them to engage with you straight away. You know? Sure. No, I mean it, it, you can come up with a controversial statement, and they go, "What?" Hell, <laughs> but that's a wee bit risky. You got to you, if you got to be sure of your audience in that one. So that's that's the second thing, uh, and probably realistically, the third thing is what I'm saying. You got to plan your journey. Sure. You know? And it's not, yeah. it's not that hard or to do, but yeah. that, that's very important. And then sure. I could say that the other thing is rehearse, rehearse, rehearse. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Cool. Always. Okay, well, look, um, that's been brilliant. Uh, you know, I've learned a great deal myself. I've seen some of your presentations before, and you've certainly reinforced some of your your important messages. Um, Donald, just finally, um, given you've been so kind, and I'm sure there might be people in the audience who would love to know more, and uh, you know, I'm sure they'd love your style. I know you're presenting a um, a three um, part um, presentation workshop. How can we people get in touch with you? to uh, find out more? Is it through LinkedIn? Uh, LinkedIn is probably the best way because okay. you're in Australia, I'm here. Um, and I mean, I, we, at the moment we are doing this uh, on three Mondays. Yes. Uh, they are- The first, the eighth and the 15th. Yeah. yeah. They're an enough start in Australia, but if, if, if there was a whole lot of people in Australia wanted us to do this, sure. we, we'll do it. I don't mind doing it at three o'clock in the morning in my time. You know, yeah. It needs to be, make it more suitable for people sure. in Australia. You know, happy to do that. And, and the but, spelling of your name, just so people looking for you on LinkedIn? It's Donal. That's D-O-N-A-L. Yeah. And uh, Donal O'Neill, O-N-E-I-L-L. -L. Excellent. And uh, yeah, so for anyone in the audience who would like to get in touch and find out more about the course or just yeah. be in contact with Donal, uh, please feel free to, to leave, um, reach out. Um, so that pretty much gets us to the end. It's been an absolute pleasure um, catching up with you today, Donald. I really appreciate you know your honesty and and your great stories. Uh, I do I do love um, listening to you. Uh, I guess we could speak for for ages. Um, so look, just from my side, uh, it's Peter Crew Brown signing off from episode five of Mind Over Matters podcast.